is here and that we can get into his presence today and I know uh, today is a special day it is Christmas time and I just want to take a moment and share a brief word with you all today in honor of the season and in the moment that we are in I just I want to take a moment and share this word uh, with you all today and in the last song, we were, we were asking the question, who is worthy? We were singing the song, worthy is the lamb. And a question that we need to be asking ourselves this Christmas is, is he worthy to me and what is he worthy of? And because if we are honest today, the birth of Jesus Christ changed the trajectory of the future. It changed the direction of all of human history. It changed everything. He changed everything. He changed the times. And as soon as he took his first breath here on earth, as soon as he was born, he literally divided history. He split history from and time from B.C. to A.D. And every time you put something on your calendar, every time you mark something on your calendar, you are remembering history. You are pointing back to the moment that Jesus came from heaven to earth and put on flesh and dwelt among us and walked among the people and, and experienced what we experience today. And he's asking us today, what is that worth to you? And today God has us all here to ask and answer the question, what is he worth to you today? To the wise men he was worth traveling for miles traveling for months to bring some gold and frankincense and myrrh to the shepherds that did not have the money to purchase the lavish gifts as the wise men. He, they still found time in their busy schedule to go and bow down before the child. To Mary and Joseph, he was worth having the wedding plans wrecked having their future altered, having their reputation ruined, having gossip and lies spread about them. But the question is, is he worthy to you? Lord, right now I pray that as we, this word goes forth tonight, oh God, that you would speak to us tonight. God, that you would open up our hearts and our ears to you, oh God. Lord, that right now, Lord, that you would just begin, Lord, to open up our hearts and our ears to you and our minds today. Lord, and I pray, Lord, that as the word goes forth, Lord, that it falls on the hearts and souls of men and women and students and children who are ready to receive it today. We give you all the glory. It's in your name. And the church said amen. Amen and amen. Once again, I'm so glad that you are here. And if it is your first time with us, we're the kind of church, I'm the kind of pastor, I love for you to talk back to me, okay? That means I want you to help me preach tonight. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen and amen. So every once in a while, if you if something touches a bone, you can say amen. You can say preach on. You can say, say that again, pastor. Whatever you feel like saying, as long as it's good, you can say it. Because Christmas 
has a way of making us ask questions. Now, all of the questions that we ask, they are not all spiritual questions. But questions like, who's coming to Christmas this year? Who's coming to my house? And questions like, when are they leaving? Can I get an amen? Questions like, what are we getting the kids for Christmas? And who in the world is going to pay for this? And then the age-old questions that we've been asking all throughout Christmas for years is, what child is this? And questions like, Mary, did you know? Questions start coming to us around the Christmas season. And one question that the Christmas story makes us ask is, when does God show up for me? And if you're honest today, you will admit that you've probably asked the question, God, when are you going to show up? God, do you actually hear me? God, where are you? And to find the answer, you've got to look at a page in the Bible that is so easily forgotten and no one probably ever reads it and it is easily overlooked. It's easily skimmed over and flipped right through. And if you get the Bible out in front of you, it may even take some time to find it because it is so easily lost in, in the big scheme of things. And the page, this page is so important because it's the page in the middle that separates the New Testament from the Old Testament. You've got to understand this, that whenever you look at this page and you turn this one page, that you are literally traveling through 400 years of time. You are literally fasting forward 400 years from the last word of the Old Testament into the New Testament. And you are not only moving through 400 years of time, but you are traveling in 400 years of silence. For 400 years, the God that introduced himself to us in Genesis, the God that introduced himself through speaking, he spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. The God that introduced himself, that spoke the world into existence for 400 years is now silent. For 400 years, God was silent. No word was coming forth. The prophets were still. The prophets were silent. Have you ever felt like God went silent on you? I know that there may be some people in this room that God is speaking to you all day and every day. Don't you just love those people when you get around those people that's like God just speaks to me all of the time and I wake up and he whispers in my ear and he tells me what to wear and he tells me where to go to lunch. Anybody know those people? And then, and then God tells me to turn right, right here and tells me to, I know that there may be some of those people in the room this evening, but are there any people in the room today that knows what it feels like when God goes silent on you and you are crying out and you are praying and you are fasting and you are worshiping and you are reading the word. I mean, you even got so desperate that you started watching TBN again. You started watching the word network. You started watching Daystar. You went back and watched reruns of Jimmy Swagger. You downloaded the latest new album. I mean, you've tried everything. 
everything. You put your right foot in, you took it out, you tried to turn yourself around, and still nothing was happening, and you kept crying out, yet God said nothing. What do you do when your theme song is Silent Night? What do you do when you want a word, but you cannot get a word? What do you do when you need direction, but it feels like there's no direction being given to you? What do you do in the middle of a silent night and you are wondering, God, when are you going to show up? I want to remind you that maybe in a quiet season in this time of your life, I want to remind you that God does his greatest work in the quiet. God does his greatest work when nothing else seems to be moving. God does his greatest work just because he's not speaking doesn't mean that he's not moving for you. Can I get an amen today? Don't walk away from God just because you cannot hear anything from him. But God can do his greatest work in the silence. I mean, when you think about it, there's no wonder. No wonder when God was getting ready to make the biggest, greatest announcement in history that was about to change time literally he says I need to go quiet I need to go quiet so the people can understand the power of what is about to be displayed you know how that goes whenever you have a big announcement you want to get everybody in the room you want everybody to be quiet you want everybody to put their phone down except for the one person you want to go live but you you know how this goes and you're shushing everybody and you're telling everybody I got a big announcement you're not going to believe this. I want you to hear this and get this because the silence does not break their concentration, but it actually makes the audience lean in and prepare for what God, for what, for what you are about to say. The silence doesn't break anything, but it makes your audience lean in and say, what is he about to say? And you need to get this in your spirit tonight because whenever he goes silent, you do not need to run away, but instead you need to lean in because you don't want to miss the greatest, biggest announcement that he has for you and your family. Amen. Because when does God show up? When you get quiet. Don't let the noise of life this Christmas interrupt the gift and the announcement that God has for you. So often we, we ask the question, when are you going to show up? And the next question we ask is, now what happens after you've spoke? Now what happens after the silence? You would think that after you turn this middle page, that after 400 years of silence, there would be a parade, there would be angels singing, there would be, here comes the the king and you would think there would be trumpets and all of this brigade but you are wrong because whenever you look at Matthew chapter 1 it says these boring words the genealogy of Jesus a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David the son of Abraham you mean to tell me that after waiting for 400 years, waiting to hear about this baby, this Jesus that has arrived, you mean to tell me you want to give me a genealogy list of people? Now, let's not lie. 
since we're in the house of the Lord this evening, if you've been doing this a while and you've been reading the word a while, whenever you get to Matthew chapter 1, you probably read the first verse and then you skip the next 17 verses. Come on. And you go to verse 18 because you know good and well that you aren't reading that list of difficult names that sounds like a bunch of diseases you could catch. And you skip all of the begot so-and-so and begot so-and-so because you can't even keep up with who your great relatives are. But let me tell you something. Do yourself a favor this Christmas and go back and read these names. Even if you can't pronounce the names, just fake it until you make it. Go and read the names because those names are like the wrapping paper to this gift that God was giving us. This list of names is like the wrapping paper of this gift that God was about to give the world. Have you ever read this list? Do you know the jacked up people that are in Jesus's genealogy pool? This is some jacked, do you know the crazies? This isn't a fruit tree, this is a nut tree right here. Jesus' family tree was a nut tree. Genealogy was huge back in the day. I mean, it was everything. It would literally predict your future. It would tell you what you were going to be. It was like your resume. I mean, and the names on this list are scandalous. And don't forget the role, the note, uh, to note in that during this time period, they would not even mention women on the list until Jesus. And Jesus not only puts his mama on the list. Come on, somebody. Jesus was a mama's boy, I guarantee you. He broke the rules. He not only put his mama on the list, but he put a total of five women on the genealogy list. It had never been done before. Do you even know who these five women are? You need to read it because he put five women on a list that there had never been mentioned on any list. One wasn't enough, but he saw to it that he included five women on this list. Five women on this list. Five is just great because numbers in the Bible have great significance. And the number five in the Bible is the number of grace. And no wonder there were five women on that list because that's what grace does. It puts people on the list that others have canceled out. Grace will put people on the list that others have overlooked. Amen. Grace will put people on the list that have failed. Grace will put people on a list that should have never been invited. Is there anyone in the room that can testify that when others counted you out, God was still counting you in? When others were demoting you, God was promoting you. When others canceled you, God was promoting you. Is there anybody that's thankful for the amazing grace that saved somebody as jacked up as myself? Is there anybody this Christmas that's just thankful for the amazing grace that saves the lost? 
I mean, if I had time this evening, I'd break down the names for you of those five. I mean, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, little Mary. I mean, just go and read these stories. Tamar, I definitely would not want Tamar's story. If I was going to if I had five women, I definitely would not mention Tamar. And then there was Rahab, y'all. I can't even talk about Rahab because there's kids in the room. She was out in the streets turning tricks, y'all. Bathsheba, what? I mean, I know David was a man after God's own heart, but he was after something else that night, too. And Ruth, who, Ruth, she was a Moabite. She's a pagan. And don't forget about the first episode of Teen Mom starring little Mary. Mary, did you know? Mary's walking around with this baby telling everybody, oh, this is God's baby. They're like, no, it ain't. That's not God's baby. You crazy. I mean, it sounds funny to us, but just look at the people that God put on the list. Men, there were some messed up men there. I know you're like, come on, preach about those women, but there were some messed up fellows on there. Abraham was on the list. He was a liar. Jacob was on the list. He was a deceiver. And that leads us to the next question. Why do you think I cannot be on the list and why do you think God cannot use you? Who can God use? God can use anybody. God can use everyone. If God came to earth through a dysfunctional family tree that ought to let you know God always uses imperfect people for his perfect plan. Is there anyone thankful that God isn't looking just for perfection, but he's looking for someone that's available. He's looking for someone that that just finds him worthy. And that's the beauty of the Christmas story. That God can use anyone. If you've been a drunk, he can use you. If you've been an addict, he can save you. If you've walked out on your family, if you've cheated on your wife, Merry Christmas. Jesus can use you. He can save you. If you've been canceled off of a list, if you've been disowned from your family, you, you didn't even, you, you've not even received an invitation to Christmas this year. Merry Christmas. Because Jesus can use you. He can save you. If you've got issues... If you're not perfect, if you've fallen short like I have, isn't it still good to know? Merry Christmas. Jesus can save you and you, no matter your genealogy, the Lord loves you. Merry Christmas. Why did we get this crazy family tree? Before he gave the gift. I mean, if it was, if I'm the one doing it, I'm going to give you the gift and then just slide in the crazies later. You know, whenever you take somebody home to your family for the first time, you give them some warnings. Don't be alone with aunt so-and-so. I know uncle so-and-so has my last name, but I, I promise we're not kin. Why did, why did we get this crazy family tree before we got the gift of God? He wanted you to know 
that your family tree should not keep you out of the will of God. That just because it runs in your family doesn't mean it has to run in your house. Merry Christmas. Why did he get this crazy, dysfunctional family tree to us before he said, here's Jesus? It was to let us know that you receive your heritage. You don't get to pick your heritage, but you can choose your legacy tonight. I don't get to choose my heritage. I didn't get to choose my parents. I didn't get to choose my DNA pool. I just received it. But starting today, I can change my legacy. I can choose my legacy for my family Dads, I want you to hear me tonight. You can change your legacy beginning today. Mamas, I want you to listen. I know you're scared when you look at your family tree and you look at the lineage and you saw what happened to all the women before you. But I just want to speak life to you this Christmas and give you a gift and let you know that starting today, you can choose your legacy. Young men, young women in the house, listen. I know your family may be dysfunctional, but God can still use you. God can still save you this Christmas. You're making a decision. I can't choose my heritage, but I can shape my legacy. Come on, if that excites you, would you just put your hands together? Come on, stand upon your feet this evening with me. Today's the day when you are reminded that you can be on the list. You are reminded that no weapon formed against you can get you off of the list. You are reminded this Christmas that it may be silent, but he's not left you. He's not forsaken you. But there's a gift that's coming to you this Christmas, and it's the gift of Jesus Christ. You may cannot choose your heritage, but you are about to change your legacy. 